Welcome to Between Two Runners, a podcast with a focus on the Gainesville, Florida running scene and beyond. Welcome to the Sometimes It Do Be Like That podcast, because sometimes it do be like... No, I'm just kidding. Welcome to Between Two Runners, my guest today, all the way from the hot seat in the studio, it's Todd. All right. Woo! Welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. You're my first guest in the studio slash apartment since the plague. So it's good to have you over. Yeah, good to be over. Yeah, man. So talk to us about the early days. When did you first lace up and become the rock star runner that you are today? <laughs> um, let's see. I guess when I first set my sights on running and working towards that um, goal in and of itself was in high school. I had done quite a bit um, of running in other sports, right? Like mm-hmm. basketball and baseball and soccer, but in all those sports, running's kind of punishment, right? Right. Um, Do a lap. Yeah, exactly. And uh, so when, once I got into high school, um, I saw you know some advertisement for like cross country, and I looked into it, and I was like, "Yeah, that sounds like fun." You know, you get to be outside, run distance. I haven't done that before, but let's let's try it. And yeah. so um, yeah, got uh, went out and tried out for the team, and. The the coach really didn't know too much what to do with me at first. Um, he was like, well, just try it and see what happens. Yeah. Right? And, and uh, it was great. And so um, luckily I was given that room to to at least try and not just be like, okay, right. maybe not. You know, they're like, no, no, you can you can join and if you can run, you can run. Let's just see what happens. And uh, that's awesome. So they didn't automatically shoot you down. No, 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 no. And even I'm surprised even now looking back at the nonchalance about it. But yeah, sure. Yeah, you're, yeah, come with your running shoes. Yeah. Show up here and we'll go for a run. See what happens. You look ambulatory. Let's go. (laughs) Exactly. See, that's the kind of support you need. Agreed. So where did it go from there? From cross country to... Um, I mean, the next season being track, right? And yeah. so uh, the coach was like, all right, well, you liked this. You did well. You scored points for the team. Um, how about you do track? I'm like, all right, let's, let's see what that is. And um, so I, in the beginning, um, the way that our team did, did it was you tried kind of every track and field event, right? Um, so I went through all of them. Um, and no surprise, distance was kind of what I did the best. Um, and so, yeah, so I ran the two mile, the mile and the 800. Um, I really didn't like running the 800. Uh, and my coach made me run it. He's like, Williams, you still score points. So you're running the 800. I'm like, okay, all right. I hear you. <laughs> Whatever you say, coach. Yep. 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 But the, uh, the mile, for track was, was what I really enjoyed. Um, two mile, sometimes you kind of lose track of how many laps you're on. You know, it's eight laps. And you're yeah, just like, sure. Where, what am I doing right now? <laughs> right. Who's There's watching a, this? Like, yeah. Is anybody <laughs> counting laps? Yeah. That, that felt like eight. So yeah, we'll just go ahead and call it eight right here. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I win. <laughs> <laughs> so did you continue running after high school? Um, so 
not in any way that was competitive or really routine. I ended up towards my senior year, um, I found that you know the more I ran, the faster I got. Um, I did not understand rest very well. I still don't understand rest very well. I feel like I still gets me in trouble sometimes. Um, so You're I not ran a fan of listening to your body. No, well, I try to be, but then there's this other piece of me, right, that is uh, wants to go all the time. And so I was one of those runners that ran every day because I felt like I was getting faster. And of course. As a high school student, you feel like you're invincible. So why not? Just keep right. going. I ended up hurting myself. And so I um, had to stop running for a while and got into weightlifting more and uh, didn't pick it back up for seriously for another couple of years. Um, well, five, six years? Yeah. yeah wow. Quite the hiatus. So uh, during that downtime, you, you spent most of your time in the gym? Most of the time in the gym, yep. Lifting weights, um, all that running, and just my my natural disposition left me very skinny. Um, I didn't have a lot of weight on me, and so um, as a as a young person, I was like, "All right, I want to want to bulk up, or you know, whatever right. that mentality is. Let's sure. gain some weight." Um, and so that's that's what I did, um, and really didn't do much running at all. <clears throat> did you? Was there, was there some point along the way where you kind of missed it? Oh, yeah. I mean, um, I missed, I don't know, and you, you probably feel this. I don't know if we've talked about this. There's this freedom that comes with running. Um, and I find, and I still don't know exactly what it is, but I find that it's specific to running. And this freedom is... So like things that are decreased, like tone and spasticity, right? This tightness that I, that I feel. Um, I also feel like I have much more control over my movement. Now at first, it doesn't. It, my body feels sluggish and it's like rebelling against me. It doesn't want to do those things. It's like, what are we doing here? Yeah, exactly. But as I fall into that rhythm, you know, um, of step after step and kind of get my pace... Um, there is freedom in that movement that is very specific to running. And I missed that. Mm -hmm. um, and only upon reflection did I miss it because I didn't realize that it was gone until I would just go for a random run. I was like, oh, there's a difference here. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, this is something special. Right. So um, I did miss it, but not immediately. Yeah, it took a little while. And how was it that you found your way towards uh, physical therapy? Um, so physical therapy for me, you know, I thought a lot about dreaming up my future and what I wanted to do with my life. Um, and I thought about it in terms of what are the things that I'm naturally drawn to. And so that was things like science and math and people. Um, and then how can I use my own experiences <clears throat> In this, is there is there an option for that? And I really didn't know what that was. And I remember um, I went through a lot of different phases. There was a phase that I wanted to be a vet. Um, that seemed like it matched all the things. Mm -hmm. Then there was a phase that Ticked I wanted all the boxes. Right? Yeah, yeah. Um, then there was a phase that I wanted to be like an architect and and went down that road. Um, but letting go of some of those things and being like, okay, what if I just try, not try so hard to think of what it needs to be? Um, and physical therapy came to me. I was like, 
what, thinking back on my own experiences, what had a major impact on my life? And I was like, oh man, I remember going to this children's hospital and that was huge. Um, and at this children's hospital, um, that's where I found exercise um, for the first time to give me control over my body. Mm-hmm. Up until that point, I felt like it was just frustrating. Um, and then after going to this children's hospital, sure. I found these very specific behaviors being exercise um, to give me that control. And I was like, oh, yeah, I remember realizing that. And so I went back to the children's hospital and I was like, volunteered. And how can mm-hmm. I be a part of any of this? Right. Um, you know, and in, as any like naive person to the medical system and everything like that, I was like, all right, I guess I'm just going to be a doctor. I don't know. I don't, I don't know what that <laughs> means. <laughs> right. You um, just fill out an application. They yeah. Give, they give you a badge. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's the route I'm going to go. Um, and I remember. It's I, all right. I'll get my own lab coat. Yeah. Yeah. It's all right. I gotcha. <laughs> um, yeah. And I remember being a young person and reaching out and um, I was really fortunate to have a physician say, yeah, you can come and and shadow me, and, um, you know, he had worked with me at some point, um, and during our time together, he was, like, asking me questions and, and going through things. He's like, well, it sounds like what you really want to do is physical therapy. It's like, oh, okay, um, what's that? I, don't, I didn't remember what that was, because mm-hmm. to me, going to the hospital was, going to the hospital, everyone's mm-hmm. kind of the same, right? Um, right. You know? <laughs> um, and so he's like, let me show you. And so we went to the rehab unit and I was like, yep, that's it. This is what I'm going to do. And that was end of the story. And I was right. on that path going for uh, therapy. <laughs> All right. So it just spoke to you right away. He was like, well, this is it. Immediately. You know, it's like one of the, you know it when you see it kind one of thing. One of those light bulb moments. Exactly. <laughs> now, did you go through physical therapy? Uh, you mentioned going to the children's hospital. Was that Yes. Physical therapy was involved? Yeah, quite a bit. That's the main form of intervention that I received. Um, So I would go in and they would do evaluations and give me exercises specifically for whatever I was dealing with. Um, And so most of that was exercise related. Um, Mm -hmm. Now, was there a a practitioner early on that, that sort of maybe lit that spark that you weren't aware of until sometime later? No one in particular comes to mind other than it's just it's it was the going through rehabilitation, being able to have con- not only have control of my movement, but improve my movement. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was a team there. So there wasn't necessarily one individual that stood out other than it was this team of people right. um, is how I remember it. Gotcha. And how was it that you found your way back to running after spending so much time in the gym? Um, So as I was thinking about different things I wanted to accomplish in my life and get into, um, I'd always wanted to run a marathon. That was just something that was on my bucket list. I was like, let me, I want to do that. I don't know why. Um, Just sounded like a cool thing to do. Yeah. (laughs) All the cool kids are doing it. Right. Um, And so... I mean, at the time, I was a therapist, and I mean, I knew kind of what my body was going to go through. I know I'm going to age faster than other people. I know that um, my movement isn't always guaranteed, and this might be the best that I have right now. Um, and so if I want to do this marathon, I need to do it right. sooner. Than later. Yeah, exactly. 
Um, and my 30th birthday was looming ahead, and I was like, all right, I'm going to run a marathon before I'm 30. And that just was a goal that I set. Um, and as I was doing this, I was like, how can I make this more integrative? Like, why like, running a marathon is great, but can I do more with this? Um, and so as I thought about it, I was like, okay, I can run for a cause. And then as I did a little bit more, I was like, oh, I could run and do some advocacy work. Um, and so these different elements started coming together, which then blossomed into this really beautiful way to connect with others. Um, that's how you and I connected is through, through the social media platform that, um, I had used to connect with other people and to yeah. share my story. Um, and then I was finding all these other people that were sharing their stories and I was able to connect with them. Um, and so that's kind of how the marathon happened and it turned into this whole other thing, which I'm right. so grateful for. <laughs> so it was, it felt like it was something bigger than just you running a marathon at that point. Yeah. Yeah. And it was, it could be, it had a little more gravity to it. Yeah. And I could do, there was, I could do multiple things at once, right? And be a part of all of these different things, um, which, was, which was nice. And I was like, if I have the opportunity to do that, I would like to be able to do that. Right. Um, it's more fun when you get other people involved, right? Sure. And, uh, and your friends, I believe, made some signs with, with your face on them. Oh my goodness, yes. Um, I think I remember seeing some of these pictures on your blog. Yeah, some of my, um, so some of my family and my friends, um, they came out to, to support me and see me and surprised me with these <laughs> rather large, blown up pictures of like my, just my face. Like, just your face, yeah. Just my face. And they were <laughs> funny pictures that they have grabbed from like different things. Mm -hmm. um, and I remember, because I, they were so good. I saw them multiple times during this marathon. Um, and they had, so this was the New York City Marathon. And we were, so there was different points where they knew how to kind of get around. And they did such a good job of like doing that. And I remember the first time that I saw them, I was like, oh my goodness. Um, <laughs> just, I felt so much love there, you know? Yeah. Um, and that boost of energy, just seeing them oh, and sure. seeing that support. Um, and I couldn't help but laugh to myself like, oh man. I'm I'm a very fortunate person. <laughs> right on. Did uh, any of your aches and pains go away after seeing seeing that display of love? Yeah, immediately. It was like doesn't doesn't matter. There's nothing right. there. <laughs> right. Yep. I can't even feel my legs at this point. Everything's fine. Yeah. Everything was beautiful. Nothing hurt. Yeah, exactly. So, walk us through the marathon. How did this how did it go for you? Um the way that I can explain it best, I feel is that I've had a lot of good days in my life. That was one of the best. Um, there was this sense of community, not only with those who came to support me, but those that I got to run with. So I ran for Achilles International. Um, that is the organization that I um, raised money for and advocated for. And they help individuals with disabilities get into running and other sports. So they provide, whether that's aid or a place to do this and groups, and it's across the country. Um, and I got to represent them and be a part of that like group like before the run in our little, um, I don't know, yeah, just like that before the run thing. And then not only that, um, I was able to run as an athlete with a disability. And up to that point, I've never done an event 
where I was with other people who had disabilities. Everyone else that I've ever ran with or competed with or done things with sports-wise were all healthy individuals. Um, And so I was like, well, this is a first. This is so cool to see all these. I found my tribe. Yeah. My people, yeah. And just the variety of ways that people got around and they were all here to take on the same event, the same endeavor. Um, Putting one foot in front of the other. Exactly. I mean, it was... It's powerful. It was inspirational. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so, I mean, that right there, I could have went home with that. And then, sure. you know, and then the event itself, you know, the New York City Marathon is wonderful because so many people come out to support you. I mean, that, that city showed up, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and it was such a cool way. So leading up to this marathon, I had lived adjacent to... Um, Manhattan. So I was in Hoboken, New Jersey, which is very close. Um, and so I, I kind of knew the area. I'd been there for a couple years, and but running it and going through all five boroughs um, that the as the marathon takes you through mm-hmm. was really special. Um, and kind of it, it kind of closed that time for me. After that, I, I moved away. Um, but that was such a great way to to leave the city um, mm-hmm. after I'd spending so much time there. Um, and seeing and seeing the city show up like it did, you yeah. know, and take part in that, it was it was wonderful. It seemed like every little bit that you would went, there was this whole live band that had set up, and there was stadiums on the streets and children with the with their hands out, you know, and like having there was like all these different aid stations that were unofficial um, of people just coming outside of their homes and be like, hey, yeah. here you go. Um, yeah, it was really cool. Um, the event itself was nice as as I was running, um, and the first half of it went went really well. Um, I has I was hitting my target times. I was in for a, a four hour marathon. I was just really excited. I'm like, this is going to be my peak performance. This is going to be right. the best I've ever done, both speed and distance. Um, and then I came upon the Queensboro Bridge, um, and as I was coming down. I don't know about you, going downhill is much harder for me than going uphill. Do you find that to be true? Uh, yes. Yeah. I, I can climb like the Dickens, but yeah, going down for some reason is just like, even yeah, even if it's flat ground, I have problems. Yep. Yep. So I am much better at going uphill. And so as I was going up this, and this is at the halfway mark, it's known as kind of like this, oh, this is a big deal because you're going uphill. Right. Um, this was fine. I was like, this is great. This is where the race starts. Yeah, exactly. Um, and on my way down, as I always do, I have less control. And so I'm like going a little bit slower. And there's these, the way that the the, the bridge kind of comes together, there's about the, I don't know, two or three inch gap sometimes between the concrete pieces. Right. And, and you can get stuck in there pretty easily. Yeah, yeah, um, and just the where my my foot landed, toe went inside, and I mean it just immediately because it grabbed me, right? I'm just uh-huh. like whoosh, down, um, and it was just because of the way that I run. I mean, no one else really. I don't think I couldn't imagine having an issue. I think they would do something if a lot of people did, but the way that my gait kinematics are and the way that I kind of my running form that is. Um, lended itself to to this as I'm going downhill um and I was all right I got up I kind of like walked to the nearest aid station it was just bloody there was no like issues I'm like all right this is fine and I just kept running Mm -hmm. um and as I was going um 
my knee just started giving out. I mean, it was painful. And I was like, I can handle this. But all of a sudden it was like, I'm going to fall again. Like it w just wasn't holding up. And so mm -hmm. I'd have to walk and I'm like, okay, I think I can run again and be fine. Um, and then it would happen. And the intervals of running got shorter and shorter and shorter because I mean, my knee just, it was like, I'm done. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm not going to hold you anymore. It's like I'm tapping out. <laughs> yeah. You're on your own friend. Yep. Yep. And so I spent the, the second half slowly walking more than I was running. Um, and that was frustrating. Um, and I remember you kind of set this goal for yourself. Yeah. And I was doing so well. Right. And that first half was just magical. And from I all mean, accounts. exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And there was so many other things where I was like planning on having to deal with. And I'm like, I could deal with those things with like the pain and the fatigue. And I knew how, like, I knew how all that stuff was going. It was frustrating that this one little thing kind of threw a wrench in it. Yeah. Um, Damn you, Bridge. Exactly. But as I was going, and I'm glad I was able to have this um, or go through this process while still in the race and not have to have to have ended the race on that note, um, I was able to get to a point where I'm like, listen, this is just the race. This is just what happened. It's part of it, accepting that accepting that this is how my body's going to do it. And this is how I'm going to run this race. Who cares what the time is? Who cares what right. I could have done? This is what I'm doing now. So right. let's finish well and let's have fun. You're here. May as well finish it. Yeah. And, yeah. and finish it in a way where you're having fun. Like just accept right. it. Don't beat yourself up like, oh man, I wish oh, I could I didn't do break this. four hours. Yeah. Oh, darn. Yeah. My day is ruined. Exactly. No, don't let it ruin yeah. all of these things. And so... um yeah, I was, I was able to do it. And I still remember I've had like some friends that were towards the end and they were like, just cheering me on so much. I wanted so bad to like run at that point. And I remember being able to, um, and I at that point it was, there was only like a couple miles left. I do remember finally being like, all right, accepting that this is where it was at and this is just where it is and enjoyed, enjoyed the rest of it and ran as much as I could and then... When my knee said no more, it was no more. I started walking. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm going to finish this thing. Um, so, yeah, it was a wonderful experience all around. Would you go back and do it again? I would love to. I've got big goals, and I would love to be able to do that again. Yeah. Um, yes, tell me of your big goals. What's, yeah. What, what, do you, what do you have on the horizon? What would you like to do? Oh, what do I like to do? I mean, I would love to do the um, continue to do kind of these... I believe I, I might be saying these wrong, but like the Abbott majors, right? And kind of doing these um, these marathons. So New York City, Boston, London, Berlin, Tokyo, um, and kind of do each of these. I think that would be wonderful. Um, I don't know if my body can handle the training as much. Um, uh, I know we've talked about this, but you know, I've got a hip injury that yeah. it's still it's still there. Um, and yeah, and when we, I, I guess, first got in touch around sometime last year, you were still kind of nursing this hip yep. and you hadn't been, been running for quite some time. And, and the case is the same now. Um, I'm fortunate to be able to have a bicycle that I love. I got a little gravel bike. Um, and so I can still engage in endurance sports, but I want, I want to run. Mm -hmm. I'm not willing to give it up yet. Right. <laughs> um, and it's so, still within the realm of possibility. It is. 
it is. So um, all you have to do is believe. Exactly. <laughs> so Boston, London, all the big ones. Anything else as far um, as dream races or or goals you want to? I mean, accomplish? that's the that would be the next feasible thing. Like, what, what's the next step? Next step would be. Um, looking towards some of these other ones and qualifying for them and getting into it. I mean, seeing where that would take me, I would love to get into more ultras and things like that. Um, I find it really interesting to push kind of those boundaries and see who you are, you Mm -hmm. know? Um, I often describe it as like, when I go for these longer runs and now more so longer bike rides, I get to find out, a little bit about myself out there. Like, right. who am I going to find on the trail today? Yes. <laughs> Which version of me is going to be out there waiting yeah. to have a conversation? Yeah. Um, and who so, do you normally find out there? Oh, that's a good question. Hmm. There are times that I find a lot of fear um, around, oh, did I, did I overdo it? You know, is this pain something that I won't come back from? Right. Um, other times I find a lot of love for myself and the environment that I find myself in. I mean, there are just some beautiful places, um, that you can get and then you're just out there. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm like, wow, I get to be a part of this. Um, there are times where I feel there's a lot of strength. Um, in particular, that something that comes to mind is I had went out to Zion and I've done this trail and I remember doing it and feeling like it was impossible, like it was so hard. And then after training some more, I came back like three months later, did the same exact trail, like it was nothing. Like it was so easy. And that contrast and feeling mm-hmm. of sh- demonstrating myself that the thing that I felt that was impossible is now easy to me. Oh, I, there's no better high in the world than that. Oh, yeah. Um, and so I, I often find things like that. Um, I find so many reasons to quit or to stop. Um, and I find so many reasons just to say one more, one more step. Um, and that's fun, right? Because, yeah. I mean, I'm sure you have the same experience. That doesn't stop on the trail. You get to use that same mentality. In life. Exactly. Yeah. Wherever you go with it. That resilience, that uh, let's keep going. That um, grit. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Would you say that CP defines you? No. Um, I find having CP is an interesting way to interact with the world. Um, you know, so, so funny story, a bit of a unique uh, per, maybe experience. So growing up, I was not told what I had. And I was, other medical professionals and people in my life were asked not to tell me, not to give me a diagnosis. It wasn't like they were like, oh, you're fine, but it wasn't, this is what you have. So I didn't know it until I was 18. I was not told. <laughs> um, and so I had to come up with my own ways. Uh-huh. To, def- to interact with the world. Well, to interact with the world, but then also to, I mean, you know this, you know, we're walking around, just living our life, and we can't help but be different and be seen as different. And so people are going to ask, oh, what's what's wrong with you? (laughs) Or what's going on? Are you okay? (laughs) Do you you need us to call someone? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah. I still, oh, that that reminds me, I was at this like, 
Mm. I was at this bar or something, and I don't know. It was like a really busy, like, nightlife kind of thing. Right. And I remember I was there, and it was fine, and a security guard came up to me. <laughs> I was, like, asking me to empty my pockets. I was, like, asking me to go outside. And then all of a sudden, you can see on his face something clicked. He's like, oh, he isn't this way because he's drunk or <laughs> carrying a weapon on him. He just, this is how he moves. And I remember that, like, oh, yeah, that's a, that's a strange thing. Um, but so getting back to, to this, so I had to describe to people, they'd ask, right? I still get the question. Mm -hmm. What's going on? What's wrong with your leg? Why, why do you move this way? Are you okay? Um, my answer as a child was like, oh, I just got tight hamstrings. And that was it. That was my answer. And, and in a story. I, in a story. I just kept going. And so, uh, you know, people ask me all the time, do you think that was right, wrong? I don't know. It's just what it was, right? Mm -hmm. um, but when you ask about does CP define me, I spent most of my defining years without a diagnosis or yeah. knowing a name to put to this thing. Um, and then once I did find it, it became a way to immediately, I could be like, oh, now I can find other people. You know, I have the internet. I can look this up and meet other people that right. might have this or... If I hear someone talking about this, I'm like, oh, here's someone else with it. And so it's an interesting way to interact with people. Um, and I mean, it's what I've made my job out of, right? Yeah. Like, this is how, this is why I do what I do. And primarily because I can interact with people this way, right? When I walk up to one of my patients immediately, they know, uh, yeah, there's something that's alike between us. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, might not be the same thing, right? They could be. Um, you know, they might have a stroke or a spinal cord injury or, you know, a myriad of other, you know, things. Um, but they can, we recognize right. likeness and uh, I can use that as a handhold. Right. Like a kindred spirit almost. Yeah. And then walk across that bridge. Right. Um, and let's get across this thing together. Yeah. And it's beautiful. And so, yeah. Yeah, see, I wouldn't say CP defines me, but I, I would say that it plays an important role in my life and how I interact with the world, how I interact with people. Um, and I find that it's fun and interesting. And now, so now I'm, as I'm going into um, becoming a scientist, right? So I'm working on my, my PhD now and learning to produce knowledge instead of just consume it. I find that it's a way to ask questions and like, you know, defining terms like spasticity can I feel the difference between spasticity and tone? Is there a difference? What would it be like to go through all these assessments that I'm asking my participants to do? Or thinking about motor control and how the nervous system works. Like, get to ask myself those questions and think back on my experiences with those. And so that's just another way to interact um, with the world. And I'm like, hmm, this is, this is fun. <laughs> yeah. So I, I know when we had talked um, towards the end of last year, you had kind of moved away from practicing and you were kind of going back to school, back in the lab, working on research and whatnot. Where do you, where do you see the end of this journey for you as far as the, on the PT side of things? Yeah, it's still very much a part of it. So I still do some practicing. It looks different. Um, I'm not full time. I, I do very minimal actual like practice where I'm like, okay, I'm a therapist and I'm seeing a patient um, but I still get to engage with that. Most of the way that I'm engaging with it right now is leveraging that experience to then ask research questions and to think about 
the nervous system and to think about um, what we know about it, um, particularly around like neuroplasticity, right? The nervous system's ability to change, um, and we're hoping in rehabilitation in a positive way, um, or a way that gets to the patient's or participant's goals, right? Mm -hmm. um, immediately where I see this going, um, you know, this, this journey will take me five years, plus or minus a year to complete my PhD. Um, and through this process, I, I hope to learn the tools of science and develop a broad um, knowledge base within um, rehabilitation and kind of whittle out a subspecialty within that. And afterwards, I hope to take all of that and be able to um, work in a lab where I have the opportunity to kind of launch my research career and not necessarily have other responsibilities like teaching. I would like to teach, but um, especially young scientists um, don't have necessarily the ability to do both. Um, and it's so I would one like, of the other sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so I, I would really like to have the, the space and the resources to, to try and launch a research career um, and then become a, you know, what, what we'd call a principal investigator, right? Someone that leads the research as an expert, drawing upon all of my experiences, both as a person with CP and as a clinical specialist who treats people with neurologic disorders, um, in order to solve the problem of walking, or at least be part of it, right? Play, mm -hmm. play a role in that. That would be huge. Yeah, that's, I mean, that, that's the dream. So that's, that's where yeah. I'm hoping things head and where I am actively engaging in things to try and direct that movement yeah. in that direction. Just change the world, no big deal. Oh, shh. I mean, <laughs> it's, it's, gonna, it's, it's me. It's, it's, it's changing me. I'm just, yeah. I'm just along for the ride. Right. And, um, I, I feel very grateful um, to have these opportunities to be able to kind of do these things, right? Like, um, so right now, in this moment, um, I have a lot of time to think. And as a clinician, I remember, I'm like, I need time to think. I don't have, I'm, all my time is spent with output, like treating patients, which is great. That's what I was trained to do. And that's what I need to do. But as I did more, I'm like, well, what more can we do? Uh, how can we do this better? Right. Um, how can we help the people that don't get better? Um, and this path uh, presented itself to me where I did have, like right now, now, that more time than I know what to do with to think. Um, and very intentional uh, mentorship and guiding that is more than I feel like I deserve, but um, something that I'm very grateful for. Yeah. I can tell. Yeah. You have this beautiful aura of gratitude. Mm, thank you. Yeah. Um, what would you say your favorite thing about running is, or movement in general? Um, favorite thing about running. So apart from kind of that freedom that I was talking about earlier that I could find in that, um, I love having the challenge, right? Having that like, okay, there's a, there's a hill to climb. Um, mm -hmm. and just having that piece and that's tied very closely with, um, being able to get out of my head and into my body, right? It's an activity I can engage in that, um, allows me to think without thinking, right? So right. kind of put the animal to work mm -hmm. and just go for a think. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. Cool. Anything you'd like to add before we wrap up? Um, hmm. So 
a piece that I'm I always like to advocate for, and um, I can get on my soapbox for a minute. Please uh, do. Is I really want to encourage myself and others to be curious about their movement. Um, there might be things that you're doing right now um, that might be frustrating or you might feel like you can't do it, but stick with it for a little bit. Be curious about what that is. Um, maybe there's some pain. Maybe there's, maybe it's challenging. Maybe you don't do it like everyone else, but be curious about how your body moves and what you would like to accomplish. Um, a lot of times in my past, I felt like I had to do it a certain way. I had to make it look a certain way in, in terms of like, I had to run in a certain form instead of thinking about, well, how can I just decrease my pain and still get to the finish line? How can I still engage with this activity? Who cares if it looks different? What does it really mean to look different? And, um, so being curious about that, it has helped change my perspective from one of comparison and loss and frustration to one of love and compassion, um, both for myself and for the people around me. Um, so yeah, be curious about your movement. Beautiful stuff. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Between Two Runners, a podcast brought to you by Pancakes. <laughs>